0: Hello and welcome back to the New Lock Hard Truth Business Podcast with me, Mike Rothen, joined by Mr. Money himself, Mr. Michael Kennedy. How the devil are you, brother?
1: I'm very, very well. It's not as if we've been uh, doing another recording prior to this. I
0: don't know what you're talking about, mate. I don't know what you're (laughs) talking about. (laughs) We've got a good episode today. We've got a bit of big money news and we've also recorded... A interview with a a lady called Natasha Thomas, who is a ridiculously incredible goal scorer for Ipswich Town Ladies. Somebody, some a team that Mister Kennedy has been watching and women's hey, football is growing.
1: She is a baller in every sense of the word.
0: It was really interesting. It was really interesting to talk to her and find out what what it's like for the women's game, not at the top level, um in in tier three, of the women's game and. Her day to day life. So, yeah, we've got that coming up later. We have also, um like I say, we've got a bit of news and uh, that interview. So, first of all, Mr. Kennedy, we're not talking about SWitch, are talking about Derby County. Oh, no. News in the mail saying that um, if HMRC do not decide to take a big cut from us, then we have a very big chance of becoming liquidated. This is because they're, they're between a rock and a hard place. If HMRC don't renegotiate the thirty million that we owe them, then effectively there is a big chance of them getting absolutely nothing. But if they if they do renegotiate that thirty million that we owe them, and uh, to seven and a half million to twenty five p on the pound, that sets a very dangerous precedent for other clubs in future. If they do it for Derby, they'll have to do it for other clubs, which might uh, push other clubs to go into administration, thinking they're just going to wipe off a lot of their debt. I don't know what your thoughts on that being down south and looking at us absolute crumbling football club up north.
1: Fundamentally, I mean, Derby needs to be sold and needs to be sold soon. I know that's a very simple statement, but it's it's true. So the problem is anyone who comes in is going to have to take on that debt and fundamentally write it off. I mean, 30, was it 30 million, you say? Just HMRC, that. Yeah, that's, that's on its own is going to be massive. You're going to have to be... It either be a very, very well-connected conglomerate, or be a billionaire in order to do it and take on that type of loss. Um, I mean, let's put it like this: if we can be in, you know, in League One, be bought out by a conglomerate in the states, I think there's every chance for Derby. And to be perfectly honest, I'd say there's more of a, it's I'd say there's more of a case for Derby. I mean, I don't want to give you that too much credit, but. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Derby have been in the Premier League in my lifetime. We won't talk about how they got on there. Um, yeah,
0: don't talk but, about, mate?
1: But fundamentally, I mean, you look at there. Are, you know, there's films, there's literature about Derby, and I'm talking about. I mean, um, the Michael Sheen, the da- um, was it that Derby United, United. <laughs> and he starts off at Derby and ends up at Leeds. Not to spoil the plot of it or anything. Um, it's. There's, Derby is one of those insti- i mean, one of those footballing institutions in this country that's you know massive, which is probably why myself, you, and you know, many others are so angry with uh, Mister Morris for just how he's decided to think. Oh, I've taken on this. No, nah, I don't fancy it anymore. It's going to put it into debt and potentially destroy a major pillar of the community. It's yeah, it's mad. I mean, it's, I, it's horrible. I, I, with Derby but also Oldham, myself and every other football fan in the country wishes for a speedy resolution to both. It's absolutely it's, it's horrible. And it is a it is such a fear that I mean you look at South End, for example, where again, similar situation where the chairman, according to a article I saw on the BBC, um, just decided that on weeks the club weren't doing well, he um, on the pitch, he just wasn't gonna pay his staff. How can you attract good players? with that type of attitude. It's nuts. It just becomes it's, a the, 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 project. The football
0: world is, is insane at the moment. Um, from what you were saying, I think if that debt HMRC can't get renegotiated, don't forget that we also owe 20 million to, um, <laughs> to oh. MSD. Um, we also owe just shy of 10 million in football transfers. We also have all the other unsecured creditors, so your small businesses that are owed millions, that that will get renegotiated. But the secure creditors alone are are £60 million.
1: Um,
0: now, for for a League One club, that's insane.
1: Um, not to change the subject, however, just coming through on my screen, big bill of news has just come in. Um, it's not necessarily Great business news. related, but it's something that is going to be massive in the sporting world. Um, entire Yorkshire C- um, CCC cricket team leave club in wake of the Azeem Rafiq racism scandal. Oh, wow. That is mad. And also, quite <laughs> bluntly, not exactly unexpected, especially on the basis of their attitude was, well, we found out that this has happened, but we're not going to do anything about it, only for the rest of the world, and then sponsors to pull out and say... No, you are going to do something about it because this is shocking. We don't want our brands associated with this. Oh, my word. This is absolutely ridiculous. So I've just literally seen it come up. Don't mean to um, split off. But, I mean, this is crazy, especially when the ridiculous thing about it, which angers me and probably many others, was that until – some very, very big um, sponsorships and players in the business world said, we're going to pull our money because you're no longer good for our brand. They weren't going to do anything. I know you no know, money talks, but Christ.
0: That's the sad thing. The, the The decisions are made because of the sponsors pulling out, not because mm-hmm. of the thing that is ethically and morally right to do. Um, there's, I'm not a big fan of virtue signaling, but when you've got, these accusations that are substantial accusations of racism at your club and you do fuck all about it, mm. what, what, what can you do?
1: Yeah.
0: But, um. right, anyway, moving on to news. We've got a a big buyout happening, mate. We've got Selfridges uh, set to be bought out by a Thai retail giant for just the, the, the small figure of four billion. Is that pounds? Pounds, yeah, not even dollars. Wow. They are... The people who own Selfridges is the Weston family, who are a, they're a billionaire family. They put the chain up in for sale in June after the death of uh, Gallum Weston, who oversaw the move to take the department store private in 2003. They've been taken over by Central Group. They're going to be taken over, according to, I believe, the, the, the Times, um, by Central Group, which is a family-owned conglomerate that started in Bangkok, and went global when the founder's son Samrit Chirat—oh, god, I'm gonna butcher this. I do apologize. Chirath- Chirathavat opened Thailand's first department store back in 1956. They now have 3,700 shops worldwide. So yeah, it's a staple of the high street. has been taken over by a Thai conglomerate, which is strange. We were talking earlier off mic about retail sort of dying, and yet. Selfridges have managed to put get four billion in the bank.
1: I mean, I think I mean, but being so close to London and being in London a fair amount, there are some institutions. You have your Fortnum and Masons, you have your Harrods, you have your Liberties, where um, and and Selfridges that are just. I mean, it's almost seen as a status symbol that you get to be able to spend your money there. I mean, it's incredible lifestyle marketing from a long, long time mm. ago. But, I mean, for example, it's seen in many um, circles that if you have a Fulton and Mason hamper um, with you, you'll seem to be doing very, very well, irrespective that you could have just bought one off eBay for not a lot of money and filled <laughs> it with your own stuff. I don't,
0: but don't it, really have many of them in Derby, I'm not going to lie.
1: <laughs> but it's it's just that whole, uh, whole thing of uh, seeing uh, appealing to people who care about that type of thing and don't get me wrong I mean I, I do like Fort Mason it's a lovely place to be but fundamentally it's it's not somewhere I'd shop the whole time otherwise I'd be bankrupt pretty quickly It's, and I'd say Selfridges falls within that but ultimately yeah. there is I mean there's value in that I mean I and please correct me if I'm wrong but I believe Harrods is owned by the Saudi Wealth Sovereign Fund or something along I know that they were
0: them. bought out uh, a little while ago yeah. Used to be used to be owned by the guy who owned Fulham. Sure, uh, I'm sure it was who does. Doesn't yes, own yes, you right. Al Fayed. That yeah, uh, he used to own Harrods, and they 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 were sold a little while ago. Um, in other news, something has come through today. It is apparently U.S. creditors can now DM debtors on social media. <laughs> what? So if you own money, <laughs> so let me read this. Let me read this. Debt collectors are now allowed to contact Americans on social media and by text message, according to new rules enacted by a US agency this week. I mean, I'm not going to read too much. This is a bloody long article, but that does sound matter. How long is it going
1: to be for people to start scamming people? Oh my God. But I mean, it'll be a case of, you owe us money to this amount. Here's a PayPal
0: link. Yeah, be paypal. To me. <laughs> Christ. That seems it seems insane. I mean, to DM people on social media, get an instagram from from American Express saying you owe know us money. That's mad
1: that's I hate that. I hate that with a passion. I am a believer that with say debt collection, there's a reason why you don't just turn up at your man's door and knock the door down. There's a yeah. reason why there is a structure to doing these things. It's firstly to keep people safe, but also to do things in a way that are, um, I don't want to say the word stress-free because going after money and debt collection is not a stress-free experience. No, but it's oh, man, that's that's a, that's. I'm I'm actually speechless about that. That I've never. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to get uh, put on a no-fly list anytime soon, but trust the Americans to come up with something so dumb
0: it just feels a bit of a, a bit a bit intrusive doesn't it oh
1: god there's a there's a reason why you have solicitors for this type of thing. solicitors lawyers representatives there's a reason why there's a structure to this you're not cutting mm-hmm. out the middleman by going oh you know I'm not going to pay a solicitor to do this. I'm going to do it myself because it'll be cheaper no you're just creating further problems for yourself because well, how do you for to people to Harrison rip out the dm's
0: and... on just judy
1: yeah i mean how judy. Else... How long is it going to take for someone to go, oh, they were messaging me, I was planning to pay it back, but they were harassing me, so I'm counter-suing them. How long is that going to take? <laughs>
0: right. We're going to leave the news there. Yeah, I, I might just
1: them um, boil, boil over at this point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get stuck into the interview with Tash. Well, I really enjoyed talking to her. Like I say, we don't really get to... Uh, we are a business podcast, but we really wanted to speak to Tash because the... The similarities between football at that level and starting a business there are a lot of there's a lot of synergy there the 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 work the the time the effort Mm. so yeah we're going to get into that that interview right now
1: and welcome back to the new look hard truth community podcast uh, uh, this week we're doing something a little bit different, hence why I'm leading and my lovely northern associate is uh, nowhere to be found. Um, this week um, this week we're doing something a little bit different. Usually we would sit down with an entrepreneur or someone in business and try and ascertain how we're going to make them a millionaire. But... Most of the people we have on haven't scored 100 plus goals for their club, so we feel that we obviously need to show a little bit of respect here. So I'm delighted to announce we have the legend, sorry, the Ipswich legend, so I have to get as many Ipswiches in as I possibly can, legend, that is Natasha Thomas. Welcome, Natasha.
2: Hello, you all right?
1: All good, thank you very much, and thank you so much on this very cold Monday evening, as is time recording it is 10 past seven it's cold so thank you so much for uh, being on with us um i guess the first question is how did you get into football as a whole i mean obviously the women's game is growing so so much and you've been one of the trailblazers of it
2: yeah to be honest when i was younger i was into all sports So i used to do athletics basketball um all of that kind of thing so I enjoyed it all but football was for me because um, when I was younger at school I got offered scholarships for uh, triathlons and basketball but um, I turned them all down and wanted to pursue football. Um, how I really got into football was down to my brother really and um, he used to take me down to the field uh, with all these friends bearing in mind he's about um, he's a lot older than me so it was quite nice and you just got used to it and and then when I was at school as well, you just um, I always played in the boys' team. So, yeah, I just found a love for it and carried it on now.
1: Excellent. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'd say I've been, as many may know about me, I've been involved with the women's game on a coaching level, but also sponsorship. And watching the game progress over the last sort of 10 years with the new sponsorship deals coming in, it's finally starting to look that actually there might be some viability in the women's game where female players can actually earn a decent living from it whilst at the level Ipswich are at it may not necessarily be there yet it is starting to look super super um <clears throat> super positive I mean I might have rose tinted spectacles after sorry we uh, who did we beat last game wasn't it Southampton that certainly was and wasn't there about 900 and 50 of their fans there and 30 of us, and we outsang sang them comfortably for 90 minutes.
2: We did. Um, some of the oh, charts were amazing. So, <laughs> um,
0: That's madness. Almost a 1,000 fans.
2: And this is, to this be honest, is the I think tier, it's because it? that is, yeah. So we were getting more than what the Championship were bringing in. Um, and to be honest, I think when we do the return game at home, I generally think we'll beat that. Oh,
1: wow. Oh, 100%. I can say, I can see it now. I really can. Well, you know, I Really can. If you
2: think from a, I am here
1: by the
0: way. Mister Kennedy hasn't taken <laughs> off. Can't do that. Um, from a bring back to business. From a business point of view, for the women's game to grow, it has to be It has to be financially viable to for for people to invest in. So the fact that in the third tier of the women's game, you're getting almost a thousand fans. That's That's insanity. That's really... uh, Five years ago, if I said that to you when you were starting out, you were going to play in front of a 1,000 fans in the third tee, you'd be like, it It,
2: it is crazy. Um, But I think a big part of that is our media team. Um, The amount they do for us is incredible. And obviously, they do that. And then we perform on a pitch. I guess that just brings more and more people in and they realise that, Yeah, actually, these girls can play. It's not just kicking the ball about or whatnot. Like we can actually play, Um, and I think think a lot more people are realising that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: Happy days. I mean, on the subject of obviously more fans coming through the door, and I mean, as uh, Mike will probably point out, he is a capitalist uh, first and foremost. With more money coming into the game, obviously, it does bring the viability up. I mean, I got, I was very, very fortunate that I was invited along, um, to the Southampton game. I was asked to travel down with the team. I mean, um, I was more than a little bit starstruck on for, for the first two hours of the trip. I mean, I was sat at the front, just trying to take everything in. And then suddenly, it was only when I got off the coach, I just thought, oh, here, you've actually got to try and talk to some people. You can't just be <laughs> sat there like in, like some, well, to be fair, I am a fan, like first and foremost. Um, <laughs> yeah, and especially when I think the point where I mean, I didn't realize what a lovely guy Joe Sheen was, the uh, manager, like one of the nicest guys in football I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. And just when he got off the bus shouting, last one off, some rotten egg, or something like that, I just <laughs> thought, now I'm at ease, very much at ease. <laughs> so, sorry, going back to before I went on my tangent, <laughs> the point of viability, I mean, getting chatting with some of the girls um, down in Southampton. I didn't realise how, I mean, obviously with having to film this late um, because you've had to go to work today. You wouldn't get that necessarily in the men's game. I mean, what are the realities of the women's game in that respect?
2: So, yeah, it's hard. So personally for me, obviously I live in Lowestoft, so I travel down to Ipswich uh, four times a week. So that's just over an hour um, there. Well, there and then obviously over, just over an hour to go back. Um, yeah, I work six days sometimes, um, five and six days a week. So one week I'll work uh, Monday to Saturday and then obviously a game on the Sunday, including training. Um, but it's just what I've got to do to be able to afford to play football as well as... Because um, we love it. it. I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't love the game. Um, but yeah, we it's full-time work still as well as playing football full-time, really.
1: Wow. I mean... W- <sighs> In terms of your, I mean, your boss, is, you know, bosses. Again, I don't know what necessarily you do outside of football. I mean, if you work, I mean, if you work for someone else, how how's that been? So I can imagine some employees aren't necessarily the happiest with someone going, "Oh yeah, sorry, I might not be around on this day or that day for um, I've got to leave early." I mean, how does, how does that all sort of fit together?
2: Yeah, to be honest, so I do admin and reception duties at an automotive car garage. Um, To be honest, my manager's been great. Um, I couldn't ask any more. I mean, usually say you have to have advanced time to get things off, and he's really good. If if he generally can't do it, then I understand. But 99% of the time, he'll help me out or give me extra time off or let me leave early for games, Um, which is a big relief to me because sometimes it can be, oh, what if I can't make it or whatnot? Because I'm actually in contract with Ipswich, so I have to make what I can make. Mm. um but yeah it can be hard sometimes because you you don't want to let anyone down you don't want to let your team down but you don't want to let your work colleagues down so it's just getting that balance really but my manager's been really good with me to be honest so I I can't grumble at all
1: that's so so awesome to hear I mean uh I won't name names there's one girl uh, who's part of the team who Joe did put me in contact with saying is there anything you can do to try and get um uh, her into this field, uh, she wanted to go down and down to advertising and marketing Fortunately enough i've been able to sort something out um i mean it's brutal because again I won't name who it is, but she's working in a warehouse doing postal i mean it's it's really that sort of realization that actually it's not necessarily as glamorous all the around i mean obviously when you know when you're scoring hundred plus goals everything's smiling on the pitch it's it's a very different reality and I don't think a lot of people see that I mean says player had a conversation with me yesterday in the car uh, while my missus was there and my missus just said to me bear in mind my girlfriend's not the most football orientated person she goes she's really down to earth for a footballer And I just said in the women's game they ev- hands down everyone I've met has been super down to earth so I have to be
2: and I think that's what it is I mean like I say, obviously, I go to training. Um, so, basically, I get to work for 8 o'clock, uh, leave on training days at 3 o'clock to get to training for 4 o'clock, and then I won't get back till gone 7. Um, wow. So, yeah, it's long days, but, as I say, it is worth it. And when I get to training, like, everything, just all worries just go, and you just, hmm. you just forget about everything, to be honest. So, it's a bit of a, a relief when you do get to training and things. So, yeah. If you I if really,
0: leave us back I mean, to starting a business mr kennedy is it's very similar a lot of people do the exact same but they're not going traveling to twitch to train they'll be working eight till four nine till five mm. finishing that then going and working on their business their their startup they'll be logging on they'll be talking to customers my wife had an etsy store She's making making these for customers so i think that the what people don't realize at top level sport it's very similar to to starting that business. So as you'll know, you you have to graft. It's not about ninety minutes. It's you you you're your working during the week. You're training in your evenings. You give up a lot of time. All people see is you banging in goals. and think, oh, <laughs> fucking living the dream, isn't she? But it's not. Yeah. It's not just that. It's it's everything that goes with it. And it's not just the women's game either. You think about men's football. Everyone just thinks about Ronaldo earning. Millions, but you go down into the the national conference, the conference North and South, exactly the same. the yeah. are working and and, and training. So anybody that graphs has my respect straight away. So fair play. Yeah,
2: thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, it's just it is just completely incredible, and you have to think about it. And also, I mean, I got chatting with one person. They said, "Oh, I can't." Do they really have to have a job? Like, is that and they didn't believe me at first and it was just like no it is it is a stark reality I mean there was a great documentary about the West Ham ladies side and obviously they're um, women's premier and again a lot of them have to have second jobs or have to be at the very least be aware that when football's done they've got to have something to fall back on or start up a business or have another skill or a trade it's it's completely brutal so as a my, uh, Mike says anyone who does graft as hard as a you know, lot of players I've met have to do does get our supreme respect. Um, one thing I will say about you, Tash, I was told by the media team that I was quite surprised that, but ultimately is levels because it is becoming, even in the men's game, more and more of a thing, that not having an agent. I mean, that's what led you to that decision. Because obviously agents can make life easier, can make life harder, but you've just decided, no, I'm, I'm doing my own thing.
2: To be honest, I've never had an agent. I've always kind of done what I've wanted to do. And I've always said when I was younger, I always want to be at the best club that I can possibly be at. And, at the minute it's Ipswich, so there's no reason for me to have an agent at the moment.
1: Fair. I mean, very <laughs> fair answer. Very no, to okay. the point. I mean, I've got to imagine that there have been dare I say advances by agents promising you the world and
2: well I've had people inbox me and message me and email me asking me if I was interested and I've just I've basically said thank you but at the moment I'm not interested in having an agent
1: I have to admit I don't don't know about you Mike but that I mean I have to respect that because you hear I mean one thing people don't necessarily realize is that um even in the women's game, it's a lower level than Ipswich Rass, and even in the men's game, it's sort of a very low level. Agents now, uh, I don't say a rife, because that may be a bit disrespectful, but they are absolutely everywhere. They, um, and I do have the question, when you've got players contracted, and I'm talking about a completely different level who might be on 20 quid a week, why the hell do they need an agent?
0: They, they go to, they, they can't approach any Body under the age of I want to say 18 in the men's game. So what they do is they approach the parents. They'll <laughs> they'll speak to the parents and they'll say, Hey, it's Christmas coming up this time of year. They'll these young kids they'll go around which is Derby's Academy, see who's a prospect, and they'll go, Hey, it's Christmas coming up. Here's a PS5 for you for your kid. Um, just keep me in mind when he turns 18 or however old he needs to be, 16, however old it is. Um and that's a bit ooh, it's a bit iffy. And I'm not surprised in the slightest that they're starting to move over to the women's game. Because if they can get you in for, for example, <clears throat> let's say next week, Chelsea women bid for you. They go, Right, we're gonna get some some talent down in the down the lower leagues. Chelsea women come in, bid for you. Um, I, I would guess you're not gonna turn that opportunity down. So you'll you'll go to you'll go to okay. Chelsea, you're then in the public eye. If an agent has got you, they've then got a percentage of your image rights or your personal contract that's so that's what I'm not surprised in the slightest they've approached you. Because they just wanna if they if they can get that shining star, the one that scores one hundred and six goals in hundred and thirty three games, which is ridiculous, that the quid's in, same as with trying to get kids. I mean, going back to a lot more football as a Uh, decided to not go with agents I mean Kevin De Bruyne negotiated his last contract with no agent and the famous story have you ever heard about what Paul Scholes did? I haven't, no Oh so uh, Inter Milan's heyday they went to Man United and said right blank check for Paul Scholes write what you want write whatever number you want in there um, and let us have Paul so United actually accepted obviously Paul Scholes flew to Italy um, sat in front of their, their director and their owner, and they're like, where's your agent? I would presume not in a Derby accent. They said, <laughs> where's your agent? And he went, I don't need one. He goes, why? He said, it doesn't matter how much money you're offering me. I'm not coming. doesn't matter. I'm, my, my granddad's Man United. My dad's Man United. I'm Man United. And I think that's, I think that's beautiful. And this, exactly the same thing happened with, I want to say, Nesta at AC Milan, where he said, my granddad's AC, my dad is AC, I am AC. No one can, can't sign him. Beautiful, good. Bit of power back to the players.
2: So yeah, no, exactly.
1: <laughs> I mean, in the subject of transfers, one thing that I completely was unaware of until getting chatting with Joe and some of the players, but say Ipswich want to bring in a player, or any club for that matter. Obviously, there has to be some form of a contract involved, irrespective of how much that is. Accommodation, okay, seems relatively standard, but then a job as well on top of that. I mean, I find that absolutely crazy when it's a case of part of a transfer could boil down to if someone's done well in an interview for something completely unrelated to football. I mean, I find that crazy in in this day and age. I don't know about you, Mike.
0: I I personally don't uh, in the women's game. uh, The way I see the women's game is it's women have played football for as long as men have, but it's only just starting to become popular in the media. So it's Mm -hmm. only just starting to become uh, as a viable career. Exactly the same. I mean, I talked to my dad who was born in the sixties, watched Derby in the seventies. And he said, Oh yeah, you'd, you'd have players that used to work at Rolls Royce. And play at the weekend. So what you guys are doing now is exactly the same as what what the, the, the legends of the 70s at Derby, who were winning league titles, were doing back then. So I can only I can only see it going one way personally, and that is it growing. And so soon enough, we'll be speaking about, like, what, you've got a second job? It will, it will seem insane. And I think... Yeah. Giving it time, people like you that are paving the way, grafting, you are laying the foundations for those five-year-old girls that are having a bit of an in- I've got a 18-month-old daughter. If she wants to get into football, I will be ecstatic. And I hope by the time she's 18, 19, that football, women's football will be hugely popular and, a, and something that she can really aspire to.
1: That's my two cents, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms of the future of the game, Tash, how's it? Obviously, up and up is would be an acceptable statement, but how do you see it really progressing? What? Do, how would you see the future of women, the women's game in that respect?
2: It is growing. Um, from when I was younger, like you say, I you'd get onto a football. Pitch. I said, um, I played for a boys team at school and they'd all laugh. And then I, f- I think I remember my first game for them, and then I scored an overhead kick, and they were just like, and then they wouldn't ever come near me with a ball. Um, <laughs> but now, like, you you see it so much more. Um, you don't get asked those questions, like, why are you playing football? You're a girl. Um, whereas now, we, that shows how much it is growing. There's so much more growth to be done, but as there is in many things, um, but, yeah, I can see it going up and beyond. The men's games are diff- different to the women's game. We know that. But I'd like to think... I, I get quite a lot of people coming to work and they'd rather watch the women than the men. Um, but, again, that is just preference because there's people that don't want to watch the women's game and that's fine. That That's their, their prerogative. So.
0: As I said, I'm a Derby fan. I'd much rather watch Derby women at the moment. <laughs>
1: Don't worry, mate. You'll be you'll be down with us next season. I'll I'll, I'll look forward to having you down to stay oh, with me. Can't oh <laughs> wait. Although I don't think at the moment I'll be uh, I'll be welcome back on the south coast. I mean, um, I was informed after the game, and I won't name names, that I was off someone's Christmas card list. But don't worry, Tash has made me completely aware that I'm on hers this year.
2: I did say I mean, that. I did. <laughs> I mean, one thing I've noticed
1: with women's players and again this could be from the just from what i've seen but i mean people will have a perhaps who have not watched the women's game before i mean it can be brutal at times i mean more brutal than the men's game and dare i say i've probably seen more emotions boil over in the women's game than the men's and that's not meant to be a disrespectful comment it's just it's just a grit it's a passion it's a determination that you don't necessarily see but equally i guess if you're sat on 15K a week, how can you?
2: Yeah, I think, I don't know, because I think it's in the women and men's game. Some players Mm. absolutely passionate about football, do absolutely everything. But I think that's the difference of women have to work and you can see they then get onto the pitch and make the most of the 90 minutes to an extent. Um, But that's just a personal view of myself because if I then went onto the pitch, I know obviously I've got a long week, and then I didn't give my hundred percent. Then I'd be thinking about that after the game, and that shouldn't be that shouldn't be it. You should leave everything out on the pitch, and I think that's the difference, and that's what everyone at Ipswich Town does, um, even on the weekends. From we're big game players, so 100%. as you can see, I've on when we played. Um, southampton we love the bigger games don't get me wrong like we know we need to be winning these um other games which we should be winning um but on the day anything can happen so we just need to make sure we're always 100 percent and give our all
1: 100 percent. i don't think anyone could say it better quite bluntly especially from a fans perspective it's it's what it's firstly what we want to hear but then when the club well when the teams had such success in the last few years I mean, I know Mike will agree with me on this because, I mean, bless Derby, they haven't had much success in the last few years. Decades. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's such a feeling. I mean, I got chatting with a guy who's a football writer for, and an Ipswich fan, uh, Mark Tuxford. Love you, Mark. And he literally just said to me, he said, It can shape your week how the game's gone. I mean, if it can, oh, it just affects you on a level that nothing else can. In yeah, that respect, I mean, God forbid. I mean, I mean, I always think when I think of uh, things not going right, I always think of John Terry in the Champions League final scuffing the penalty wide against Man United, and I just think that's got to live in people's heads rent free. Equally, I mean, um, with the Southampton game, I remember after the game, in fact, I think Sarah Quantrell, <laughs> at best, she just said going over to shake players' hands, but a few of them were sort of misinterpreting it for something else. Or equally, one thing that you like girls will always do is run over to any of the fans who are there and like either clap or whatever and I just I don't think everyone's got that about them in that in in football I mean it's you know some of the some of the comments on Twitter like oh they think they've won the league think x y and z it's it's not that it's an appreciation
2: yeah I think I think the thing is they they clearly don't know us as a club um whoever Mm -hmm. we play we always go up to our fans. We always because the fans are what make makes the clocks go, clogs go, should I say? Um, like they're there week in week out for us. They come down, they support us. We didn't just do it against Southampton. We do it every single home game and every single game that we have crowds there. And um, we're just thankful for our supporters because our supporters are real and they support us week in week out.
1: Happy days. Oh, just Happy days. Well. Well. Oh. Go on
0: girl, yeah, it's genuinely really, really <laughs> really nice to hear, it's genuinely nice to hear, it's just the fans being appreciated and that's, so yeah, crack on.
2: What even if bridge? even if we haven't played well or we haven't had luck, we didn't win, we still always clap the fans, obviously it might be a little bit different to how we clapped them to Southampton because we've won, or any other team that we've won against, but you just, you just have to support them, they're supporting us, so we, we're just so thankful that they're there week in, week out for us.
0: How much is a ticket to go watch? Just out of curiosity.
2: I know. Pay? I think it's about £5, isn't it? 4 or £5? I,
1: I wouldn't know. I'm a sponsor, so I've never had to pay to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, because I know we've got True Blue and everything, but mm. I'm pretty sure it's about 4 or £5 um, to get in. That's,
0: yeah,
1: perfect. Mike, <laughs> you need to come down for the weekend.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you need to. Oh, take me to all the side. I'll bring the kids. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I mean, if I mean, I could be wrong in saying this, but I believe whoever finishes top of both the South and the North Division have to play a playoff. If, certainly honestly, do.
0: If that's Derby, I'm coming to Derby-Ipswich, I'm going to be there, f- dressed fully as Rami, on the <laughs> sidelines, swinging a scarf above my head, and that's all I'm going to do. You'll be like, there's some six-foot-two-bold lunatic running on the pitch, streaking, this guy. <laughs>
1: All right. he goes well, on the street, mate, I'll get banned. But, <laughs> 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 oh, oh, mate, if you, if you come down, I will put you up in the loveliest hotel locally and I will take you to a game. Travel Lodge. <laughs> You'll give me a but tent. Mate, we're, we're, we're best Westerners.
0: <laughs> You'll give oh. me a tent and a can of beans and. <laughs> for it.
1: No, to be fair, I mean, last thing I'll touch on. Um, was that I didn't realize because I was approached on the Tuesday of the week of the Southampton game and basically said, you know, we've got this package where you get to travel down with the team um, um, and you'll get a few adverts and different programs. And I initially thought, okay, yeah, sweet. Um, I, I didn't realize that literally penny for penny, it was like us paying for the hotel for the team. And I just felt like saying to Theo, oh, uh Theo, who's the uh, uh my account manager at ipswich I just said if you told me, mate, I would have just I wouldn't have wanted the advertising. I would have, I would have just paid it out there and then.
2: Wow, that no, we we're so thankful of things like that, but that's why like we like people to come along with us because we can then give back and hopefully give you a good time over the weekend as like we did on Southampton.
1: Oh, honestly as a fan and I literally I remember saying to Theo on the phone I said mate as a fan that is like if, when he said that again I won't say how much it was but when he gave me the figure I thought if I literally said to him mate if it was three times that I'd still pay it like it just <laughs> such an incredible experience and hopefully not the last one I mean hopefully there'll be a few more uh, um overnight stays coming up and I've got to be honest but it's it's something completely different. I've never known it in men's football, especially so when you get me, when you meet us and again, I'll say how I feel when you meet such a solid team, such a solid, lovely group of individuals, it's hard not to buy into it. And i mean, I've, there have been a few moments where I thought how much would it be for me to sponsor X, Y, and Z player? And I'm just thought <laughs> you, you have a, you have a budget to keep to stop it. <laughs> so, so I'm, I mean, it was like, funnily enough, it was Bonnie Orwood um, who told me. And I didn't, I didn't realise that was literally penny for penny what it was paying for. I was just, I just, I was slightly taken aback. Not in a, you know, not in a nasty way. Just, I was just like, it sort of hit me a little bit. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, thanks. Like, I'm, I'm kind of, like, I'm kind of over the moon. <laughs>
2: yeah. Now, I think we are looking to most, because how far these games are, most mm. far away games, I think we are going to be looking into staying over most weekends, to be honest, for away games. Well, um, well, most we've... weekends,
1: I'm not made of money.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yes. but that's what we're going to be doing. Um, I think we've got Cardiff away, so that'd be a big one. So, I know. Well, yeah.
1: I think Mr. Rothen's getting quite uh, involved here. I mean, come on, mate, put your hand in your pocket.
2: <laughs> like I said, I've got
0: two kids, all right? i <laughs> That's what I've got to buy. <laughs> Like, looking on my camera it looks quite tidy but there's just toys and nappies all around me so not from me sorry guys <laughs> <laughs>
1: is that is that the rolls royce behind you
0: <laughs> that's, that's me that's me
1: astra <laughs> 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 righty brilliant but on that note before things devolve too much um i'd like to say thank you natasha for coming on really really appreciate it and uh uh, Mike, thank you for tolerating me as ever.
0: No, God, I do what I've got to do. Sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> where, where can people
0: find you on on? Just plug your socials.
2: On social media, so um, both of them are, so, on Instagram and Twitter. It's Natasha Thomas underscore seven. Great number. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Well, we're going to speak to Mr. Kennedy and Michael in the future now. Because we're recording this on Monday, we're going to be <laughs> recording again on Friday to uh, see what happens over this next week and see if the country goes back into a fucking lockdown. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, um, isn't it? Oh, it uh, don't mate, I've, everyone's dub- I Everyone's. We could get into this. We've got we've got about four minutes of this meeting left.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's either this or it's, or Wrestling um, Are usually the tangent points. So that's yeah. not.
0: No, let's not get stuck into that. It's almost Christmas. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's almost your birthday, I saw. Happy birthday, the 19th, yeah, I believe.
2: N- I'm not going to say your age, because yeah. it
0: depresses me. <laughs> you are Mr. Kennedy, you're young bucks.
1: I mean, Tash is younger than me, so...
0: No, no, but I'm older than both of you, so less of that, thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah, the crazy thing is, I'm one of the oldest in the team, so... Oh, do one.
0: I, mean, I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm girls, coming though. <laughs> I'm coming dressed as Rami now. OAP Rami. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, thank you thank you very much for coming on. I know that you've, uh, you, as you said earlier, you're very busy. So, the last thing you want to do is talk to Mr. Money Kennedy and some bold lad from Derby. But if Derby do finish top and you finish top, I'm coming. I'm all coming, right. And I'm coming with my daughter as well, or 18 months of her. We should be about two by then. And we're no. there, dressed as Rami and Minnie Rami.
2: That sounds good.
0: Thanks for having me on as well. There no was. Right, welcome back. Oh, genuinely, again, I'll say it was it was fun speaking to Tash. She's uh, she follows me on Twitter now, and she's she's got a tick next to her name. Follows well, you, even know me.
1: Fucking
0: hell. <laughs> well, you can't blame her, can you? can't blame her. It was good. She she spoke about having to, she lives an hour away from training. She works full time, finishes work a bit early, goes to training, um, plays, trains, has to drive an hour back. It is exactly very, very similar. We spoke about it in the interview, starting a business and you're already working full time. It's a real, real grind.
1: Oh, it certainly is. I mean, again, as I've uh, as I've touched on, I was fortunate to be able to go down with the team to Southampton and be able to support in my own way. Um, it's it's not, getting into the women's game is not for the faint of heart, especially from a business perspective, especially from a lifestyle perspective. So, hats off to uh, to Tash. She is a phenomenal representative of not just herself but also Ipswich Town and the wider footballing world. Really? Definitely.
0: right well thank you everybody for listening uh, it's been a good episode today um, if I could just ask that you go on to your Apple podcast or your um, your Spotify app and give us a five star review it really does help if you really enjoying it if you've got any questions you can email us at hardtruthbusiness at gmail.com um, Mr. Kennedy where else can people find us you can find us on
1: twitter at hard underscore business or on instagram at hard truth business
0: beautiful well thanks for your time everybody mr kennedy pleasure as always
1: as always
0: thank you and we'll see you next week uh, actually in a little preview to next week we are speaking with a um an absolute lunatic who decided to start a business bang in the middle of a pandemic which is a recurring theme on this pod we had a, like a chat with him And so that'll be next week. That'll be on a next Monday. Thank you very much.